Howdy, howdy do, Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 284. Yeah! One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire. Yeah. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy do, Who fans. Hope you're all keeping well, keeping safe. You've all had a cracking week, and you've all managed to do something. Doctor Who, Doctor Who. related. Yeah. Adam smashing his <laughs> recording space up as we speak. We were just, um, <laughs> yeah. Often during the intro, me and Gary will just find whatever random stuff we've got to hand, like normally a figure of some sort, and just wave it in front of the camera. Just to, he's unusual because he's sort of made up of different parts, like ballpoint joints and stuff, so he easily falls apart. And as I was Sort of making him dance in front of the camera to make Gary laugh. His leg fell off, oh, and somehow fell off man. the yeah. It's fell off the balcony because you know I record up in this sort of balcony loft bit I've got. <laughs> so his legs actually fallen on the floor somewhere down there. I'll have to go and retrieve it before he gets hoovered up later. But yeah, he looks a bit sad now, doesn't he? He's just a one-legged, like a pirate Cyberman, isn't he? Just got a stick. At the ball point. Yeah, I got a picture of him up on there. Facebook, because he's pretty cool. I found him while sorting for all my junk in the in the garage. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's amazing that I still had him complete because he he literally just falls apart with the slightest touch because they're all magnets and stuff. So yeah, it sounds like a story you should go and pitch to Big Finish, mate. The one-legged yeah. Cyberman. The one, the, yeah. Beware the one-legged Cyberman. <laughs> Come on, up don't, along. Come on. Don't give him what he wants. His ball jointed his leg. Ball looks steady. <laughs> Well, it's amazing that he survived all that time in the shed and I've managed to destroy him in 30 seconds of having him on my desk. That's the way it goes, mate. Yeah. I'll get a picture of him on Facebook so people can see what the heck I'm talking about. Casualty. He is, pretty, he is pretty cool. Anyway, I'll just leave him there. Let's leave him there. Anyway. Oh, the casualties of the shelf collector boy. Yeah. 
I am surrounded by rubbish. I've got figures everywhere in front of me at the minute. Yeah, dude, I had a bit of a clear out of the old Who stuff. I might as well go first in uh, what we've been up to. I did a, a clear out of the old Who collection stuff. You? Yeah, mate, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't realise I had so many duplicates of stuff. It was just ridiculous. You weren't out there throwing pops in the Thames again, were you? Oh, I don't I've not thrown them in the Thames. No, I've not thrown them in the Thames, <laughs> but I have boxed them all up ready to be sold. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're off. So anybody that wants to uh, get some, get their hands on some some Doctor Who Funko Pops. I'll Gary t- will be outside the Arndale Shopping Centre <laughs> with a big old briefcase. Come on, go and get what you go and get your pops. Yeah, buy one, get Flat one hat. free. <laughs> like Dale Boy, yeah. big old suitcase. Go and get your pops. Yeah, I'll tweet out a link to the old eBay link at some point. So I got rid of that. And then there was just loads of, um, there was loads of books. I had loads of books that were, uh, that I doubled up and loads of big fit for some reason just loads of big finish like single issue CDs and stuff that I don't know why I just had two copies of them okay. so there must be review copies or I don't know but yeah so I've, I took a huge box of stuff down to the charity shop so hopefully they'll go to a good home somebody will see a, a, a like I don't know like 20 odd Doctor Who books They're like, oh cool yeah. they've got some Doctor Who books in I always love yeah. it when I find a, a Doctor Who book in a charity shop. <clears throat> Hopefully they'll do like a big window display of all your stuff. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I've seen that happen before. It's in my local auction. God, it was years ago. I just walked past and somebody had put, <clears throat> obviously somebody had done what you did and got rid of a whole load of their stuff. And the whole window was just like Doctor Who books. Like there's a couple of Target ones, loads of tenant ones, and <laughs> just loads and loads of stuff. And there was like... um. I'm not sure if I'm mixing the memory up, if this was the same time or not, but uh, I think it was the same time. There was the, the very first Doctor Who annual. Uh, I know I definitely got that from the charity shop. I just can't remember if it was the same time as that big window. But yeah, and the, the first Doctor Who annual, and I think I paid about 10 or £15 pounds for it. Yeah, might have been £10, I think, because it, it was in pretty good nick. So yeah, I just love it when you get a find like that. Love, love I love charity shops. <laughs> I, yeah, dude, I love finding old Target yeah. books in... Like oh, secondhand bookshops, yeah, secondhand yeah. bookshops and charity shops. Finding the old Target novels is just solid gold. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so I did that. Um, so my my Who collection's trimmed down quite a bit now. So I've got it on the old, like the larger bookcase, which is over this side of my office, which you can't see is off camera. I can't see. Um, yeah, so cleared all that stuff out. It was, you know, sometimes it just feels good just to go through your collection, sort it all out. You know give it all a good clean and a dust and get it back on the shelf. So that was all good. And that's literally all I've done. Doctor Who wise, dude, I've not had time. We've had a, we were, as our listeners know, we had a week off last week. Yeah. We had a big old, uh, uh, busy one to get through. So we couldn't record. So due to that, I've not done anything who related, but have you done anything who buddy? Well, um, yeah, it's funny you say, cause I mean, we obviously we've, we've been two weeks since we recorded and, um, I just been so super busy with work work's been crackers uh last week i only had one day off and we were doing really long shifts because we were rearranging stores so i, I really haven't had a lot of time i was thinking um thank goodness we're not doing like a pert we seven part of this week so i literally would not have had time to watch it i only just managed <laughs> to get sarah jane in um, so yeah. i haven't done a lot of who relate stuff but having said that um uh i have been out and about talking to buying doctor who stuff i've been out and about uh trying to find these new b&m sets uh, thank God you're not a figure collector, 
uh, mate, because you you save yourself all this grief. It's I, I, me and uh, our friend Adam went out on Monday to the local B and M, um, and was trying to get these new TARDIS sets, and I think he wanted the Fourth Doctor set. So we go to our new B and M, and we go in. Well, if they got it, and Adam had already tried two other stores before meeting me, he'd been to like Redin store, I think, and one other store. And so we'd no luck there, but I said, come on, I've got a good feeling this this one, they'll have it. Walked in, just a whole shelf of blimmin' fam sets and one unit there, all from the last wave. And we was, so we were in the pub later, all both looking deflated, like, you know, oh, we'll have to try again another day. And these B&M sets drive me crackers. Uh, they really do, because you just, you can't order them online. You've, you've got to keep traipsing into the shop. You can't even check on the app anymore. So you used to be able to check on the, on the B&M app. You'd scan the barcode. Um, which that, you know, the Doctor Merchandise site, which I love, they they always put the barcodes up. So you can scan the barcode and it'll tell you if your local store's got in stock. Brilliant. Oh, you, don't, you can't do that anymore. Now let's let's take that feature away. So we have to traipse the store. You can't ring the store anymore either. You say, it's, although that was never a great thing anyway, but at least you used to be able to ring your store. You can't do that either. So literally the only option to try and find these blimmin' sets is to traipse around every store. And if they haven't got them, try again in a couple of days and, if they haven't got them, then try. It is just driving me nuts. It really is. But anyway, I'm glad. I just think you're so lucky. You're not bothered about these sets at all, are you? Not you at don't all, really mate. Do. No. no, no. I just yeah. want that TARDIS. <laughs> it would be nice uh, if character followed. You know, they did that twin Dalek set from uh, what the old Hartnell story, the chase. Uh, they did that. You know, the jungle. Oh, the blue of, and blue and yeah, yeah, jungle and blah blah blah. blah Mecca, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. They should just carry on with that approach. Just have it direct from the website. You order it from them pre-order. It'd be so, so much easier. Right. And they right. sold out like within a week. I mean, it was, you know, a total success. Because do you remember when we talked about it on the news bit of the show? And I said they'd tried that before with like an exclusive missing figure. And they did another one, which I forget. And they, you know, they're still on the website. They obviously didn't sell as well as they'd hoped. And they haven't done it since. And this is the first time they've done it in quite a while. So do you remember I said, hopefully they'll sell well because it'll encourage them to do more. And thankfully, those Daleks sold out, I think, pretty much in a week. Um, so, yes, yeah, mm. be so much easier. So did that. That was a disaster. I'm still trying to get those. Um, but Adam very kindly, uh, although I gave him the money, he didn't actually buy it for me, but he did pick up the new Time Lord Victorious book for me uh, on, on his way to meeting me, which I paid him for. And uh, it's, yeah, the, what's it called? The Night, the Fallen and the Dead? You know, the first one in the proper book. Yeah, the Tenant book, yeah. Tenant on the yeah. front, Stephen Coles were in it. Uh, so I did get that, which was cool. It does look really nice. I love the style of those books. They're the sort of um, hardcover, sort of got a little dust jacket on it. You know, I've done a few like that. It looks really, really nice. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look, I haven't started it yet, but it, the good thing is it's quite thin. So there's a good chance it'll actually get read because um, me and you both like, buying books don't we but we don't often get around to reading them um so yeah that looks like a good little good little read is it Covers, the, great is it the large format one like because they do two slightly different sizes so you've got and they both come with that really nice sort of matte finished dust jacket them yeah what, the, the the first one's slightly bigger which is like the um like the pirate planet and the cricket men you know that um, no no it's not that size or is it no. smaller like the sophie uh, sophie aldred book uh, a childhood's end is it that size no, that's still quite big. Uh, no, it's like the, um, 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 you remember the last lot of 13 Doctor books we got? It's oh, that sort of like, size. sorry, right, right. 
right. so yeah it's very easy you could fit it in your bag yes you could fit it in yep. your man bag if you wanted to it's, it's a good size book it's not a bigger, bigger oh, format. Cool. cool right yeah but it's, it's, it's a bit thinner than i was expecting i'll admit not as thin as the doctor who annual though my goodness so I, I got that as well from FP because uh, I thought sake. they had it. Yeah, I, thought, I always collect the annuals. So I thought I'll add it to my order. Um, that turned up. It's like 60 pages. <laughs> that, inclu- that includes the outer like cover. Mm-hmm. But it, that, there's no page one or two. So this is weird. I was because I, I was doing a tweet last night. I was tweeting some pictures of it. And I thought I'll just put how many. I'll just see how many pages it is. So I'm like, go, go to the end of it. I'm like, 62. Okay, 60 pages. And I just happened to notice at the front that it starts on page five. I'm like, so where's... If that's oh, page yeah. five, yeah, I was thinking, oh, well, obviously it's the cover. But then, no, because even if you include the cover, that would still be page three and four. So I'm like, so where's page one and two? Is <laughs> it not even... the... Uh, is it not the... Um, like the... You know, sometimes they put the ISBN code number and all the copyright information. They normally count that as a page. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, let's put it this way. You, you open the cover and it's got, <laughs> you know, a page with all that stuff on it. And then you've got your very first, what I'd call a real page, which is the list of contents. And then you turn that page and it says page six. So I'm like, well, where's the start? Unless mine's faulty, I don't know. <laughs> faulty <laughs> but no it can't be because it's, no. it's definitely to be start of the annual so i'm like somewhere along the line um so it's actually 60 pages <laughs> yeah those interns are running amok oh it's a disaster yep. yeah it's a disaster oh, but okay. yeah there is a there's a very nice tiny little time lord victorious thing inside the annual but um yeah the rest of it's all it's it's basically it's not really an annual it's basically a breakdown of series 12 so every like 80% of the annual has just uh, got a, two pages dedicated to each story of Series 12. Mm-hmm. And yep. then there's a couple of puzzles, a little bit about the TARDIS interior, a little bit about Time of Victorious, and you're done. 60 pages done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. yeah, if you can get it for a fiver, like I did, I suppose it's worth it. So I assume that, like me, you're behind on the Time Lord Victorious stuff. So the annual dropped on the 3rd of September. Yeah. So you needed to have read that and then monstrous beauty which was the doctor who magazine that dropped that little I've comic that. you've read that tick, yeah, tick. yep so the night the fool and the dead that's the one i've just got that just got but um the sh- the two short trip stories from big finish landed on the seventh yesterday so you need to have Listen read that them. book before you get onto them oh so do you, i you're oh. a day behind already on those <laughs> uh actually no uh today we're recording us on the 8th of the 8th of october uh, the another comic defender of the Daleks number two that's out today. So, right. and then on the fourteenth in a few days, you've got the next audio proper adventure from Big Finish. He kills me. He kills me not. So you're already two days behind, bud. Oof. So you need to get that book read like today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on it. I've not I'll even just, got the book yet, let alone read it. So hang on, let me just yeah. cancel all my plans for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, crazy, man. Yeah, yep. crazy. I do want to listen to the that that was going to be something I was going to do this afternoon. Actually, was listen to the big finish short trips because um, my friend Sophie has uh, written one of the stories. So that was on my list of things to do. <laughs> but uh, but but I've got to read the book first. Oh, well, that's a bit of clangor in the works. There you go. There you go. But yeah, yep. I don't know. Well, I'm assuming that you need to read the book first because the way that 
they've marketed the Time Lord Victorious thing is they've they've always referenced it as a timeline. You know, yeah. so all these things drop at a certain date and then that's your journey through all the story and blah, blah, blah. So I guess if you just mix, you know, just go in and do whatever you want, then I suppose it, it could make sense still, I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see, mate. Maybe, yeah. yeah, I've got to fit an escape room in at some point, I think. Yeah. Yes, you do. But that's not until... That's not until next year, though. Oh, that's fine. So you're good, mate. You're all good. So yeah, apart from that, I haven't really uh, had a chance to do to do much else. Um, I, I have been inkling to try and get towards watching a bit of Classic Who this week. I really felt like... Uh, actually, weirdly felt like a bit of Davison, you know. Um, <laughs> no idea why. I just really fancy watching a bit of Davison uh, this week. But I just haven't had a chance. But I'm not sure what to go for with him because his sort of era is... Uh, it's quite short, really, isn't it? Like, there's a you know, there's a few real standout stories for me in Davidson's era, but there's also quite a few that I don't really gravitate towards. So I don't know. But like, mm. I was thinking of the Awakening. I thought, oh yeah, I haven't watched the Awakening for a while. Oh yeah, but well, so the big 21. old face. Yeah, yeah, the big old face. But yeah, so I might. Well, I won't have time now. I've got to, got to read this Time of Victorious book. <laughs> yeah, your schedule's going to be blocked out now, mate. It's blocked. It's blocked. Yeah. Just pulled the Cyberman's head off. I'm just going to put him down. I can't stop him. Yeah, no. He's one of those toys that once you start filling around, you can't stop him. Anyway, he's down. He's safe. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's only got one leg, but he's safe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been me, mate. Yeah, not, not a lot you. else going yeah. on. Okay. Well, before we crack on with the news and merch, actually, we haven't got any news this week. We're no. still in Tumbleweed Town. There's been a few rumours of filming. I know we don't do rumours. They, there's a few people have said... They've spotted mm-hmm. through. They've been up a tree with a big pair of binoculars, and they've spotted them filming in a forest. <laughs> but uh, we don't know if that's true. Um, whether yeah. they've kicked off filming series thirteen or not, we don't know. We don't know. Do you, old Joe is on a uh, what's that program? Called? Who do you think you are? She's doing a family tree thing. I think okay. is it is it this week? I keep seeing it advertised. Might be next week. Next week. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I used to I used to watch that program quite a lot, but I haven't watched it for ages. Um, because whenever I've watched it recently, they just force them to cry, don't they? They always find something to make them cry. Mm-hmm. Like, if they don't get it, if they don't get those tears, you know, you can just imagine the producer under the, you know, under the <laughs> camera with, a, with an onion. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah. seems to be the, the thing now. You need to cry. You've got to cry, yeah. 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 It's a bit like but, the X Factor, you know, if you want to get through the first round, just tell a sob story about <laughs> you're here because... You know, last year I fell over and I hurt my knee and cried a little bit. I have all the judges in tears. <laughs> and then you're through, yes. mate. Exactly. So, yeah, it's the old Jodie. She'll be on that whenever it is. I don't know. I keep seeing Avatar's BBC One, but I don't know actually know when it's on. But, uh, yeah, I'll probably give that a watch. Yeah, cool. Might be interesting. Right, if, I, if I finish reading my book. Hmm. <laughs> cool, man. So, yeah, before we get on to the merch, um, uh, actually, I hope you guys are all keeping it like we were hoping at this point. So back in whenever it was, March, when the whole Corona thing kicked off, we all went into lockdown and blah, blah, blah. Kind of hoping that it would have settled down by now and that you'd all be back to, we would all be back to normal life and so on. But it's not really the case. So everyone around the world who listens to the show, I do hope that you all are all keeping safe and healthy and you're managing to get through it. And, and uh, just hit us up on the on the socials if you want to chat to somebody or come over to the discord server 
because uh, one thing that gets lost in all of this stuff really is along with the physical side of things with illness and all that jazz is the mental health side of things. So if you're struggling or you're just feeling a bit down, whatever, come and have a chat. We're here. We're a friendly bunch. Just uh, send us a tweet or something. We'll have a chat and yeah, we'll get through it. We'll all get through it. So hope you're all keeping well though and keeping, keeping safe. But uh, yeah, before we get on to the rest of the show, remember to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on. Just do a search for The Big Blue Box. You'll find us on there. Or head over to the website, Big Blue Box Podcast at Credit UK. All the episodes are there. You can browse through and search all the previous ones. We had a few people that tweeted over the last couple of weeks, dude. This is really cool. Where they've said, uh, I found your show and I've noticed that you've been going for years. So I've gone back and I've started right at the beginning and I've gone back through the back catalogue and... Uh, and started listening, which is very cool, but the added extra bonus, which, and I absolutely love it, and I know you do too, when people say, I've started listening to your show, and I've gone back to the the early stuff, and it's made me watch the stories that you've reviewed that I wouldn't have actually bothered to watch before, especially Classic Who. Yeah, yeah. Which is always awesome, man. So to those of you that have tweeted us recently to say that, thank you so much for obviously checking out the show and stuff, but really glad that you've started your journey on whatever um, era of who that you wouldn't have necessarily wanted to watch before. So that's very cool. My, my favorite time that happened was when somebody messaged us um, to say uh, that they had started watching some Hartnell stories because we had been uh, reviewed one and uh, saying how good it was. And the reason I like that was because they said they'd been put off from watching any Hartnell because of the way it was depicted in Twice Upon a Time. So they assumed that that's what his doctor was like. And they're like, oh, no, I'm not really interested if he's a sort of, a, you know, um, uh, what do you call it, a sexist doctor. I'm not really, nah, don't, don't want to watch that. And I think whatever we had reviewed, we were saying, you know, how wrong that was. Like the first doctor is just nothing like that. Um, so that they then went and watched some and said, God, I'm so glad I, I did because I'm loving Hartnell and I wouldn't have watched him if I hadn't listened to that review. So I, that's one of my favorite times that's happened. Yeah, so, that's awesome, man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, nice one, dudes. Nice one for checking out the show and watching some Who. All good. Uh, we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. There's links on the website or do a search for us over there. And we have a free Discord server too. There's a link to the website for that. So let's nip into the shop, get old Dalek to out of there, see what he's got. Yes. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. If I work in a shop now, here to help. Ooh, he's got quite a few goodies on that tray, by the looks of it. He's got a few, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, cheeky. He's been busy. Yeah. First up, we have the recently released Doctor Who magazine Spesh, which always <laughs> goes down pretty well. These ones are quite cool. So I think we're up to edition 50. Yeah, so uh, edition 55 now for these um, special edition ones. And this one is all about production design. So from sketch to screen, creating the world of Doctor Who. And this is out now. It came out a few uh, last week, 30th of September. It will set you back £6.99. And you can get it from all, like the usual places, WH Smith, anywhere else that sells... Uh, magazines and whatnot or you can get it online from pocketmags.com for 5 99 if you want to save yourself a quid and read it digitally but this is kind of cool i like these special edition ones and this is up my street i love this stuff 
this whole production uh, bits and bobs. So, um, so some blurb that comes with this one. So production designers are some of the unsung heroes of Doctor Who, bringing outlandish script concepts to life and recreating historical settings for one of BBC's most demanding productions. Initially responsible for creating alien creatures, as well as bizarre planets and other exotic destinations, designers have played a central role in the series production since it began in 63. The richly illustrated special edition examines the production designer's craft in unprecedented detail. It's also got a bunch of interviews in there as well. Uh, People that have worked on the mutants, terror of the Zygons, production designers from 2010 through 2018 and 2020, 2005, all of that stuff. And then there's also features on the design of Doctor Who throughout the eras and the decades. Um, We've got some unpublished designs for the 1965 film, Doctor Who and the Daleks. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, Barry Newbury's designs for the Aztecs and uh, recreating the sets for the evil of the Daleks with its designer, Chris Thompson. So sounds like a really cool one, this dude. I'm definitely going to go and uh, pick this up uh, at the weekend. Looks good. Yeah, I, I, I did pick it up at the weekend. You would actually really like this. Um, it is a really good issue, I have to say. Sometimes, uh, you know, it can be a bit hit and miss these uh, specials. But no, this is genuinely, um, I, was, I was flicking through it um, the other night. It's a really good read so i haven't got around to doing all the interviews yet but the, the the early ones that i've read are great got some really really interesting stuff like you said like the pushing movie stuff which i didn't expect to be in there you know like they've got the original drawings because remember his crazy tardis interior it's just like loads of wires and then one big old red lever in the middle it's like what <laughs> the, were they thinking um but it's got some early sort of uh drawings of that and stuff it's it's a very good issue this and, and nicely priced as well because I think the last couple, so they did a couple of like 12 Doctor era ones or something, and they were like 9 99 each, and they were really thin and didn't really, you know, I sort of bought them, flipped through them and thought, well, that was, that was yeah, not really a tenner's worth. But these are 6 99 and it genuinely is a really good issue. I think you'll like this one a lot. Um, one thing I want to ask you, though, because this is kind of your, this is your area of expertise. So a lot of people have been talking about that little dash on the Dalek's eye on the front cover saying, you know, oh, they've, They've put it in the wrong place. It should, you know, it looks like it's mislined. You see the little light on the. It looks like the light is yeah. out of out of. The, I think that's a a shadow on the the glass. I don't think it's what people think it is. So I just wanted to get your expertise, design opinion. I don't <laughs> know if you can see it clear enough, though. Can you? I can see it clear enough, dude. Yeah. So is it that the light is mislined and <laughs> they've just not fixed the cover, or is it as I suspect? It's a um, sort of shadow on the glass of the eyes, you know. You know what I mean? It's like if you if there was a, if the Daleks looking at a light, it's it's a reflection. Oh, I don't I think it's. Right. Do you yeah. see what I mean? I don't think it is a mistake. I just wanted to get your expert opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, so- I probably would have removed it anyway because <laughs> it looks a bit odd. But yeah, yeah, this is a mistake, buddy. Unfortunately. Oh dear. Yeah, because there isn't a there isn't a glass cover over the external bit of the oh, no, the eye stalk. Not, no. Yeah, mm. so. Oh, yeah, because the original production photo obviously wouldn't have that bright blue glow at the front of the eye stalk, so it's been added in, added in afterwards, but they've just... I imagine what's it. happened is, and I've done this before a couple of times over the years, is where you've, you've, you've put a nice composition together in Photoshop and then you've, you've done that, and then you've gone and make, made a change to something later on and you thought, okay, I'm just going to move everything over just a few pixels just to align that a bit better. But then you're like you haven't 
included that layer. So that little that little blue glow will be a separate layer in a Photoshop file, and they just haven't moved it as well. So oh, it might that. have been a bit of a sort of rushed a rush job to get this out the door, and it's yeah. So it's unfortunate, really, but it, yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's just. Yeah. No, uh, to be fair, I mean, in in its own way, it's a nice enough cover, but the cover doesn't do what's inside justice because it doesn't really illustrate what the magazine's about, does it? They've just mm. plonked a Dalek and a TARDIS on the front, which looks nice, but there's nothing. If you looked at that, you don't think production design, do you, that cover? Whereas when you yeah. open up the mag, it's actually loads of really good pictures inside. So don't be put off by the cover. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> with, its won- yeah. with its wonky Dalek eye, it's a really good issue. And it's a nice enough cover, don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely one to pick up. That talking of covers, um, so there's a magazine called Peladon, which uh, we've spoken about before. This this comes out sort of every now and again, basically. So mm-hmm. it's been running. They've been doing this magazine since 1985, and it just sort of comes out whenever they've got something to say or or whatever. I believe is that right? Is that the sort of thing? It just whenever there's I think something so. to yep. put in it. Yeah. Yep. It's been going since then. This is issue 10, for example. So since 1985, they've only done nine issues. This is issue 10. And uh, basically it says, issue 10 looks at the criticism received by the recent series of Doctor Who, Doctor Who and asks, why has it become so toxic? A very good question. I'll be interested to read this. So it's got, it's got quite an amusing cover on the front. It's got, um, I think that's the TARDIS in Scotland, isn't it? This, I've seen this TARDIS. Quite a few times. It looks like it, yeah. Yeah, there's a yep. there's a slightly chubby chap now on the floor, and it looks like he's been accosted by a very good lookalike of Amy Pond in her police uniform. I actually thought that isn't Karen, is it? I genuinely think <laughs> that's a really that does look a lot like her. So it's a good cover, but yeah, interesting topic. So this magazine, Peladon, um, it's the it's now believed to be the UK's longest running fanzine outside of those published by DWAS, mm-hmm. Dr. Appreciation Society. And it's available for just two pounds if you email Steve Mark O'Brien at gmail.com. And uh, yeah. Gary we'll, will put all the links you need for it. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll link to that in the show notes. You, you can uh, you can get that. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we spoke about the last issue they did of this. Yeah. Issue nine. I can't remember how long ago that was, but issue nine looked really good as well. I can't remember. Yeah. I remember talking about it, but I can't remember what the cover or what it was about. But yeah, I mean, that's obviously it's an interesting subject, isn't it? And for £2, you can't go wrong. But, uh, but yeah, I'd be interested to hear their thoughts on why fandom has become so toxic. I think we've all got an opinion on that. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good so one. yeah, it's uh, called Peladon, Peladon Fanzine. Cool. Uh, next, just when you thought that the Time Lord Victoria story timeline, everything wasn't complicated and padded out enough big finish have just announced another story good grief that's going to be added to the time lord victorious thing uh as well as this is also going to link into an upcoming escape hunt as well aha so tom baker the fourth doctor is coming soon Ah. with a new uh full cast audio drama from big finish called genetics of the daleks written by jonathan morris uh featuring a brand new actor to play the voice of the Daleks, Mr. Nicholas. Bre- oh, no, sorry. He's done it every uh, single you time. You actually got me then. I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So this is the fourth Doctor story. Tom Baker is back uh, for this one. And the synopsis is there are 10,000 humans in stasis aboard Starship Future, 
10,000 humans expecting to wake up on a distant planet, their new home. But 20 years into their journey, Starship Future takes on board fuel and something else. Something that's been waiting, frozen in space, for a very long time. Obviously a Dalek. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so genetics uh, of the Daleks has been created in partnership with Escape Hunt, the company behind the Escape Room, A Dalek Awakens, and can be enjoyed either as a prequel to the experience or as a standalone adventure. And there's a little snippet from Tom himself. He says, Of all the monsters in all of Doctor Who, I've no doubt that the Daleks are the most successful, and this story is really rather good at showing why. You see, even a solitary, seemingly dead Dalek is a deadly enemy. But after a while, old enemies can become old friends. I'm very fond of these villains, because without them I couldn't win and be the hero. I have two little Daleks by my bedside. They've become my closest friends. I look at them and I'm filled with a warm glow. Oh, Oh, Tom. Oh, Tom, you're sorry. Bless him, yeah. And it's going to be comprised of four, uh, sorry, three stories. Is it? No, it isn't. It's one story. Sorry. It's one story. I'm very sorry. So Time Lord Victorious, Genetics of the Daleks. You can pre-order it now. Uh, the usual price for these single story ones is eight ninety nine on disc. Sorry, oh god, come on, Gary, get it together. It's eight ninety nine for digital, ten ninety nine for the disc, and it drops on the something of December. We don't know exactly when. It just says coming December this year. They're going to have to give the Daleks a rest after this, aren't they? I mean, they are just getting so overused at the minute. Um, oh, I'll tell mate. you what, though. I'll tell you what. <laughs> this cover though i mean that is gorgeous who's done this cover yeah man tom webster oh, i thought it was that is i just love it it's wicked i don't know it? yeah. it's the yeah. colors and the tardis and the picture of tom i i love that cover that yeah. sold it to me straight away but go oh, on getting bored of the daleks but yeah okay tom's little tom's little bit there has sold it to me as well i think that's really sweet what he said about the daleks but yeah i yeah. Another time of victorious thing. But yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll definitely get it because it's Tom mm-hmm. Baker. It's Tom Webster cover. It looks great. The cover is great. Who would have thought that Tom Baker's head would look amazing on Peter Capaldi's body? Right? Is that what it is? I was trying to work out because, yeah, yeah, it looks really good. But there is, I was trying to work out where they'd got that picture of yeah. Capaldi's Tom. Let me have Capaldi's a look at it again. Arm. Yeah. They it's did, Capaldi's arm. Yeah. yeah. They did the same thing with the, the story Out of Time for that cover. That's Capaldi's arm outstretched. With Tom Baker's head super. Yeah, because is it Capaldi's sort of velvet jacket, but they've just recolored it, is it? Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, he's done a great job. So the scarf looks really vibrant. The color, whatever he's done to enhance colors on that scarf, just that picture just Mm. comes to life. I love it. Sorry, I'm really gushy over that picture. (laughs) It's it's gorgeous. Anyway, that's Uh. that's the end of Time of Victorious. There is no more. Oh, what? Wait. There's a. (laughs) There's something else uh, just been announced. A Doctor Who, Time of Victorious, The Road to the Dark Times, Blu-ray, with another amazing cover. Now, this cover is Lee Binding, isn't it? Correct. Yep. I believe. Yep. Fantastic cover. Fantastic. So what, what could this be? I saw this um, pop up on Twitter the other day, and I thought, wow, what's this? Is this you know, a new animation? What have they kept back? You know, Is it a secret? Well, what it is, it's a load of stories we've already had, basically. (laughs) 
being shoved onto a couple of Blu-ray discs in, in, under the name of the title of Victorious. Now, they're great stories, and it's great to have these on Blu-ray and a good introduction to anyone that hasn't already got it. So, uh, The Dark Times, a universe where death is filled, is still finding its feet. A universe where terrible races are born into eternal battle, where the great vampires rage across the skies, where the Rachnos devour worlds, where gods play games of the future, a universe before even Time Lords. A history that is forbidden to enter the ultimate battleground between the Dalek Empire and the Time Lord Victorious. Welcome to the Dark Times. And the stories you get. So we get seven epic dot two stories. Planet of the Daleks, John Pertwee. Genesis of the Daleks, Tom Baker. The Deadly Assassin, Tom Baker. State of Decay. Mm. Tom Baker. State of What's that doing on the? It must be a link. Yeah. Uh, uh, state of decay. Uh, anyway, the curse of Fenric, great story. The runaway bride and the waters of Mars, which yeah, obviously the waters of Mars, and it also includes a bonus collector's booklet. So, I mean, great stories, brilliant to have them on Blu-ray, nice little set. But you know, if you've already got them a million times, like I have, um, I would literally be buying this for the cover <laughs> and the booklet. <laughs> So it's 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 not cheap. So it's it's twenty two ninety nine at the moment. If you want to pre order it, it's coming out on the 9th of November. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really mixed on this. I mean, I, it's just something I really don't need. But then I kind of like the look of it. So I'll probably end up getting it. <laughs> yeah, and it will just sit on the shelf and gather dust. What what do you think? I mean, great stories, isn't it? I mean, it's a good. But they're, they're, I don't know. They, these somehow all tie into Time of Victorious, but. Some of them I'm struggling to see why. Yeah, I think it's mainly linked with, um, with it's a, I think it's a combination of Dalek stories and when the Doctor goes particularly dark or is approaching that sort of darker side of his persona. Mm. I think these, these stories are meant to kind of reflect that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pass on this one, dude, purely because I already own all these stories. Yeah. So there's no point. But I can see the appeal to newer Doctor Who fans. So say if you're a if you've just literally just jumped on Doctor Who because of the Time Lord Victorious stuff, if you've just gone out and bought the new book, for example, and you thought, oh, what's this Time Lord Victorious thing then? Never really watched any Doctor Who. And then this Blu-ray lands with these cool stories, then that's a great entry point for newer Doctor Who fans as a result of Time Lord Victorious. But so I don't think this is going to sell particularly well, buddy, purely because everybody just like literally most Who fans already own all of these stories, mate. So mm. unless you're a real sucker for the cover, which you won't see on the shelf, you only see the spine anyway. I'm not yeah. sure, mate. Yeah. What? State of Decay? Why is that on there? That's really bugging me. That's the vampire one, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it the old... Uh... Does he t- does Baker turn dark in that? I, don't, I just can't think. Is there a vampire story coming out? I don't know. There must be a reason. Um, Curse of Fenric I get because, yeah, he turns dark at the end of that. Runaway Bride, it's only really that one bit at the end, isn't it? Where she's like, you can stop now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only bit in that. I, it's clutching at straws a bit, I think. But anyway, yeah, I guess it's a, an interesting little release. Um, I'm sure there'll be a market out there for it. But uh, And glorious cover, I will say that. I do love the cover again. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. so 9th of November, Tyler Victorious, Roads to the Dark Times. Indeed, yes. And this is out in November, 9th of November. Uh, it'll cost you 22 quid, though, dude. 
Yeah, I know, and I think that's a slightly reduced. I think the full retail price is like twenty nine. So was, yeah. yeah, get it if you want to get it, pre order it because it'll be cheaper, I guess. Yeah, indeedy. Probably. Right, that's it for news. Uh, sorry, just merch. Had no news. Bit bloody boring, isn't it? Yeah, it's tumbleweed, isn't it? On the news front, there is nout. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> that's merch done. What have we got for review this week, bud? Yeah, so this week, uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, we're on to the second story of Series 4, and it's called The Vault of Secrets. The aliens are watching us, and maybe just waiting for the right moment. Sarah Jane Smith, I need your help. My hearing must be going. Did Andrevax, the destroyer of worlds, just ask us for help? It's Ocean Waters. She was kidnapped by aliens. Vault of Secrets. It's missing. Oh no, she says something else. Something else. <laughs> She's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Sarah Jane, dude, with the Vault of Secrets. Yeah. This was first broadcast. So the first one went out on the 18th of October 2010. And then the following day on the 19th, we had part two. It was written by Phil Ford, directed by Joss Agnew. Stars the usual cast, minus Tommy Knight, apart from a little cameo. Your cameo at start. Yeah, yeah, he was fired previously. So the <laughs> synopsis not. for this one is, when an old enemy, Andravax the Veil, returns to Earth asking for help, the gang faces a dilemma. Should they trust him or does the legendary vault hold an even greater terror? A second threat arises when android guardians threaten to destroy anyone who uncovers their secrets. As the battle between Sarah, Andravax and the androids reaches its climax... Rani has to save her mother from being caught in the crossfire. The vault opens and the destiny of the entire Vale species is at stake. Is it too late to save them? Mm. What do you reckon, bud, to this one? Spaceships, my darling, spaceship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, did, I did something I don't normally do, is that I, I normally read our listeners' comments after I've watched it. So that I'm not influenced, but for some reason I was just sat on my phone the other day. And I saw you put the post up, and uh, so I thought, "Oh, what are people saying about this one?" And it was a bit, you know, a few of the comments were a bit sort of on the negative side, saying it wasn't very good. And so I, I don't know, I went into it expecting it to be a bit rubbish. Um, it's not the strongest episode, that's for sure, but it's pretty. Like the pacing is pretty fast. It's um, yeah, certainly still a good good episode but i get why people perhaps are not as fond of this as, as some of the other stories because it although it's a fun watch it does feel a little bit filler and and you know we get uh the old androvax pops up again but it's another episode where a lot of it is spent just chasing him and he keeps popping in and out of different people um which we've seen before in his previous story so it did feel a little bit like they were treading on old ground which is a shame because uh, i think up until this point, every single Sarah Jane episode we've watched, we have just loved, even the ones that were perhaps a little below par. We've said, you know, they still had these moments in them which were great. Whereas this one, it's a fun watch, but there's no real standout moment. There's no sort of nice little touching moment. There's there's some good humour in it. Um, so it was funny. Uh, Field Ford's scripts 
uh, often have these sort of very punchy one lines in there, and there's quite a few in here. Mo- most of the humour involving uh, Rana's mum uh, and dad and stuff. So, yeah, it was a fun watch, but perhaps not. It's, it's going to be, you know, one of the ones that I don't go back to very often when we when I revisit the Sarah Jane episodes. I'd happily sit and watch it again, but yeah, it didn't do a lot for me by the time it finished. Um, you know, there was no sort of heart wrenching moment which we often get for Sarah Jane. Yeah, I don't know. It was just missing a little bit of something, I think. But I, I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was good. I, I thought the cast were great, as usual. Uh, they really sort of made it a fun episode to watch because the story is pretty thin, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's a bit of a run around and, you know, you've got a recurring, a returning villain and stuff. So, And the men in black guys as well just feel a little bit overdone. Like, it didn't, just felt a little bit unoriginal. Um, I had no idea that I've completely forgotten that they were in that animation dreamland. I didn't make the connection until I saw that today on uh, Wikipedia. I mean, I like that little tie in, although I thought they were quite boring in the actual story. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's all right. It was, a, it's, it's decent, but just nothing stand out from this story this, this time for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I agree with you, mate. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of those, don't get me wrong, it's still it's still a great story. It's still a great Sarah Jane story. It just doesn't feel like it has that same, uh, you know, that it's quite difficult to explain, I suppose, but you know that feeling that you get after you watch the Sarah Jane Adventures uh, episode normally. You have that really nice feeling of... Um, you know, just, it's like, oh, this is like fantastic. Like, you know, it's not retro TV by any stretch, but it's just got that kind of slightly older TV back in like the RTD era of who sort of thing. And like we said many times, the characters all work and the production's all great. It still has those things there, but for some reason it just doesn't, this one just feels like you said, I think you nailed it. I think it just feels a little bit filler. Mm. Like, like we need like a really cool, a really cool story. We need a great alien to come back. You know, let's have the Androvax dude. Because he was quite cool. That character was quite cool. He is a good character, in, yeah. Um, what was the one he was in before? Was it Prisoner of the Jadoon, I believe? That's he it, was in yeah, before. Yeah. So yeah. he was quite good in that because he was like full on, like evil baddie alien mode sort of thing. Whereas in this one, I think they tried to mess with, mess with, uh, with viewers' heads a little bit by making him vulnerable. Yeah, but then also quite menacing at the same time. He's still got that kind of evil agenda about him, and you, everyone's shouting at the TV. You know they are. You know when Sarah Jane's like, "Should I trust him? Should I not?" Sort of thing. Everyone's shouting, "No, don't!" So you know it's got some cool, some cool things about. That's what the, the formula's there still. It's still got that gr- that really cool SJA formula and stuff. But I don't know. It just feels like like something isn't. Like some something's just not hitting the mark, but it is hitting the mark. At this, it's very difficult to review this one. I must admit. No, but, I, I do. The thing yeah. is, I do know. I do know exactly what you mean. I, I, I was trying to put it into words on my notes. I think it feels a bit tried and tested. It feels a bit safe, doesn't it? Like I said, we've kind of seen it all before. Safe, yeah. So, so yeah. it feels a bit tried and tested. Um, and I think I do <laughs> as much as we 
you know, as much as Luke was never really one of the strongest characters, you know, because he often got outshined by Clyde and Rani, I think I do miss that dynamic of the three already. <laughs> so, and also I miss K9 popping in and having a go at, you know, Mr. Smith. So those <laughs> little bits, now yeah. we've taken K9 and Luke out of it. Um, I think the dynamic change, although it's still good, is, yeah, I don't know. I missed a bit of that. You know, I missed a bit of the Luke and um, Clyde having their sort of laddie chats and then, the you know, Rani sort of being the sort of caring figure that sort of takes care of them. You know, I don't know. I, I sort of missed a bit of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely missed the bands between K-9 and Mr. Smith. So I think that also sort of didn't bring it up to the level of the other episodes. Um, mm. But I guess that's something we're going to have to get used to because, I mean, this is our... This is our team now, isn't it? You know, this yeah. is, you know, and it still works quite well. But yeah, I, I kind of miss Luke and K9 already. You know, I was yeah. glad to see him pop up on the screen. It's like, oh, there he is. He's all settled into Oxford and, <laughs> you know, it's all good. And that scene with NASA and, you know, when she was trying to uh, stop the NASA probe was quite fun. You know, that's what I mean. There is some great fun moments in this story. I mean, the men in black guys didn't really do anything for me, but even they had a good moment. Like when he goes up to the um, van and the guy says, Oh, you need to get yourself another car. He goes, I will, I'll have this one. And he rips the door off. And I thought, well, you know, bits like that were quite good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It, yeah. As I said, it finished and I said, Oh, well, that was good. But yeah, it didn't leave me with that nice glow that we often get and from it really. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, one of the elements of this story for me that I felt worked really well and I, I wanted to see more of it was, you know, the the, the group <laughs> of people that formed that thing called Burps, like the Burps. alien. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to say Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, yeah that's a couple of really good characters in there. And also yes. the whole story around the woman that was abducted years ago and she had tried to tell people, look, aliens are real because... You know, I've 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 witnessed it. I've been first hand, and nobody believes her. And then um, they kind of get wrapped up in it a little bit, I suppose. You know, when they turn up at her house, and that the other guy he's fixing with his contraption that supposedly Minty. picks up, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you think like, wow, she's like she's had some sort of redemption. Like, you know, they've seen the alien. Everyone, well, everyone, I say, like, you know, the the attic crew, they're all like, yeah, aliens are real. And then we also have Rani's parents, especially her mum. She's in it. She's in that whole alien vibe as well. She's, and then she actually goes through that whole, like the last 20 minutes is all her, like, you know, is trying to escape Androvax and all that lot. And then her memory gets wiped. And then the woman from Burps, they act like she's, she is actually mad and stuff. So it's that, that side of it, I thought was really cool. They could, they, I say should have, I'm no expert on TV writing, obviously, but it just feels like they should have focused on those guys a bit more and left the whole uh, men in black sort of stuff as a bit of a, just a nice little include really. Cause they they, they had a couple of cool scenes. Like there was another scene where at the very end, you know, when Sarah Jane's like, I need another incy wincy favor from you. Yeah. And he sort of smiles a little bit and does the memory wipe and you know, there's, a, there's some good bants and stuff, but yeah, I just really wanted to see that that burps uh, group have a bit more, bit more screen time really. Cause uh, it was really funny with, um, with Haresh. He just doesn't want any part of it. He's brilliant. He's, He's just yeah. like, I've been dragged along here by the wife. 
I'm just going to sit it out because she wants to do it. And they can all tell as well. You know, so they, they're all really engaged with Gita she's, as she's going through her story and stuff. And then when it gets to her, she's just sitting there like, oh, God. <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. So there's some great, that's what I was saying at the beginning. It's got some great elements to it. It's got some really cool stuff. But one thing I didn't, I wasn't a fan of, though, was this just blatant, um, almost carbon copy of the... Uh, the the Matrix movie, you know the way that they had portrayed the um, you know uh, Mister Anderson, you know from yeah, the Matrix yeah. film with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. They just literally took that and just copied it like exactly like the look with the suits and the glasses and the way they move and talk and stuff. So I'd have liked to have seen a bit more, uh, make them a bit more original because the whole Men in Black concept, if anyone's into that, like there. Uh, ufology or alien stuff the actual concept of the men in black is brilliant like the whole conspiracy theory and everything like that they could have played that a little bit more original but yeah i think that's the thing as well isn't it that sort of automatically sort of dissolves my interest a bit because you think oh, okay they're doing the men in black thing and uh yeah the matrix thing it's it just all feels a little bit sort of bit been there done that um although the you know the main guy was quite good at being the android and stuff. But yeah, I agree. And I, I also agree about the Burps characters because I quite liked them. So it was Minty was the guy. I don't know what, what's the woman called, but those two. So when they're, yeah, they're in that beginning bit and Sarah Jane sabotages his machine, which is quite funny. And then we only really see him again at the end. And I thought, yeah, a bit, bit wasted. Cause I think they had um, good potential to add a bit of uh, something different to the story rather than another, run around where and and thorax whatever his name is keeps androvax sorry keeps you know jumping from body to body which as i said we've seen before so yeah it would have been nice to have introduced a bit more of those two new characters i think they could have had some fun with that but they kind of got just sidelined after the beginning bit didn't they and then just brought in at the end and, and the end scene was really nice really funny so yeah yeah i agree i would like to sin sin them used a bit more maybe we'll see them again i don't know I wasn't when they first announced the name Burps as well. I <laughs> I rolled my eyes a bit because I thought, oh, that's very childish. But actually, I found it quite funny by the end. I was like, oh, she's like, we're from Burps, and uh, I don't know, it grew on me actually. But yeah, yeah, I was thinking when they first announced it, oh, that's very BBC and a bit childish. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I, I kind of it grew on me by the end of it. It's cool. Do you know who should have headed up Burps? Who should have been a, or who at least should have been a key member? Clive. Clive. <laughs> you know Clive yes. would have loved this. He would have been brilliant in that group, wouldn't he? Yep. Yes. All oh, roads yeah. lead back to Clive. Yeah. Basically. Never, I never did listen to the Big Finish thing. Oh, didn't you? Did uh, it, was, it was very good, mate. I'll get that. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about it until you said, yeah. Yeah, the British UFO Research and Paranormal Studies Society. <laughs> right. Burps to you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Better yeah. out than in, Sarah yeah. Jane says. <laughs> yeah, that woman you're talking about, um, uh, Ocean Waters is her name, quite a unique name. Oh, uh, Ocean Waters. Yeah. So uh, what happens is they uh, they find her photo in the vault, don't they? So the yeah. the android dudes, the men in black, had obviously done their research about all different alien sightings and stuff because it was their job to go and erase the memories of these people that supposedly seen... Uh, had seen the UFOs and stuff and had 
wipe their memories. And Ocean was one of those people. So they find her photo and that's how it links back to her always believing in aliens, all that stuff. So I really like that link, how they come across that. I just wish they would have done more, given them more screen time. That's my only big sort of criticism of the story, really. Yeah, because she could have seen them and all the memories could have come back and stuff. And oh, I knew I was right. And yeah, yeah, that would have been quite cool, wouldn't it? Well, she had that fact- moment, didn't she? She did have that when they're in the kitchen. You know, Minty, is it Minty? He's fiddling with the, yeah, the, yeah. the thing. And they all burst in and they see like she's got the little, she thinks it's just a necklace. It's the the, the disc that opens up. The, she's got the second one that opens up second the vault. Second vault, yeah. So, second key, I mean. Sorry. Yeah, so I think Androvax is inside Rani. Oh, uh, no, Clyde at that point. So she sees all that and she's like, I knew it. You know, so she has that moment, yeah. which is great, but they just don't do anything with it. So she has that moment, which is amazing. If you can imagine like your entire life almost. Um, but you yeah. think you've, you've, you've got this thing. And she even says, like, I think she even says, I, I, I think I was, you know, was I just mad? I was questioning my own sanity. So she has that moment of brilliance. And then that's it. They leave her. They just go off and then that's it. And then right at the end, she turns up at Bannerman Road and they just like, like, oh, they've got yeah. to you. They've got to you. Oh, yeah, she still believes it, which I suppose is cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I like to think, I, I must admit, I didn't see, you know, when Rani first gets taken over when they're out the side of the front of um, Sarah Jane's house. I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, so oh, I thought that yeah. was quite a good little twist. Or did you see it coming? No, I didn't. No, I thought they were going to find him. Yeah, because Sarah Jane's yeah. picked up on it straight away, hasn't she? She's like, Anyway, Rani, you may as well just, you know, step out of her body now because mm. I know it's you. And I thought, oh, is it? And then Rani starts acting all evil. I thought that was pretty good. This whole possession thing is difficult, though, isn't it? Because as soon as you ask an actor to act as if they've been possessed by an alien, they it's kind of that same, I don't know, they play it the same way, don't they? It's that sort of dead eyes, mm-hmm. talking, looking evil. I don't know. It, it, some people do it better than others, I think. Actually, so having think, said that, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Somebody like um, Rani and Clyde, Rani, yeah, Rani, they're okay when they're doing that stuff. They're not too bad. But Liz Sladen is very creepy. She's when, good at it, yeah. Crikey. Yeah, whereas uh, yeah. Gita sort of hams it up a bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you'd expect. Um, Rani, uh, does, she goes a bit over the top for me. I think she tries to be a little bit too, I'm evil now, sort of <laughs> thing. But, and Clyde's just Clyde. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Sarah Jane probably does the possession thing best. She's very creepy with that man. Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah. She's very cool. And uh, what did you think to the actual story? Because there's like two kind of threads, I suppose, that kind of weave in and out as the story goes through. What do you think to the main part, I guess you would call it, which is the um, Androvax wanting to save his species because they're yeah. all in this massive also bloody hell the the cg is not bad you know they spent a bit of money on the you know when they open the the vault and they oh, go sure. down into the thing yeah no i I like that that part of the story i think that adds a because if you're going to bring this villain back he's a bit one note anyway androvax <laughs> isn't he so you need to give him something else and uh yeah so i thought that was quite a nice idea um that cg yeah it looks pretty good i thought for a second so when you first see inside the vault there's this like long thin spaceship on the right i thought that looked like one of the ones from star wars it reminds me of the oh i don't know because you're the star wars fan the, the, it reminds me of the ship that old um agmar akbar whatever it's called you know the guy with the big eyes looks like a big oh, old yeah. fish Agbar, yeah yeah 
Oh, well, kind it of. A bit like he's yeah. that long, thin. I thought, well, they nicked it. But yeah, that was pre- that was pretty um, pretty cool. But yeah, no, I like the idea of him trying to actually get back and save his species because it it does add a bit more to his character rather than just being this sort of you know one note villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, CGI looks pretty good. What year was this? 2010. 2010. Yeah, so 10 years 11 ago. 11 years ago, yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks uh, pretty decent. Um, mm. We've said it many times as well. Sarah Jane wouldn't have had, like, the biggest budget. It was a CBBC program, for goodness sake. So, mm. yeah, looked uh, looked all right. Yeah, but, so, yeah, so the whole Androvax thing I thought was quite cool. Uh, and I like the twist that they put. So, when you know when he's at Bannerman Road, and then they go up to the attic, and then she puts him in the stasis field and stuff. Uh, he's obviously being legit because um, Mr. Smith Mr. scans Smith. him and, yeah, you know, he can so, see yeah. his, he's actually ill and he's dying and stuff. So you kind of think, right, is this going to be a buddy thing? Are they going to team up like Androvax and the thing? But I like the fact that they kind of hold true to his character where, you know, when when um, they let him out, she lets him out of the stasis field and they're like, what are you doing? This is crazy. We can't trust him. And they sort of get going. But then he kind of takes matters into his own hands and he sort of goes rogue a little bit and doesn't follow the plan and end up having to chase him. And then he goes into Gita, like you said, and stuff. So I like that. That was kind of cool because they yeah. could have just had him like, oh yeah, we'll just take Sarah Jane's lead. I'll just be a little lamb and just follow them around and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah, no, I agree. It is cool. And, uh, and Androvax is quite a good, like I said, although he's a bit one note, he's got a good look, isn't he? Like the actual mask and stuff that they've used for Androvax. He looks pretty good. The the tongue effect works okay in this, like in terms of the CG and everything. So he looks pretty scary and stuff, I think. Mm. And this whole idea of him sort of creeping up and inhabiting your body is, is pretty creepy as well. So, yeah. yeah. No, I like, I like all that stuff. Yeah. A bit of a happy ending, I suppose, for the veil. So that it was, uh, you know, at the very end, we had that yeah. narration like a new planet, a new hope, you know, a new beginning, a second genesis. So that's kind of. That that's probably what the ideal outcome would be if this was a Doctor Who episode. So the Doctor would be very much like, because um, I, I know Sarah Jane's the same as well, but also the Doctor would be very much like, let's try and get them to a new home somewhere. We don't want to destroy them. So in terms of like the the feel good factor from a good old uh, Doctor Who story, it kind of adheres to that, I suppose, as well, which is nice. Yeah, I did like the ending. I mean, you got a nice scene with the Sarah Jane and Rani and Clyde when Clyde's putting on the glasses and he does the impression. And I love it when we get moments like that from Clyde. That Phil Ford definitely writes Clyde the best because he oh, makes yeah. him yeah. funny rather than stupid funny. If you know what I mean, like some writers make Clyde into a bit of an idiot. They sort of turn him into the clown, whereas Phil Ford always seems to write Clyde as just gets the balance right of being silly, but you know, very likable. And so little moments like that I thought were cool. Yeah, and it's nice to see Androvax, you know, going off into space and doing his thing. Yeah, it was a nice ending, I I will say that. Yeah, that was cool. And what did you think to, uh, just very quickly, you mentioned right at the beginning about Luke not being in it. He had a a little cameo at the beginning. He He was on Skype or something with Sarah Jane doing his homework or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, there's like a bit of bounce between them as they're watching the NASA probe thing and stuff like that. Uh, what did you think too? Cause that whole scene I found really interesting because as they're looking at the feed from the Rover on Mars, just before they, uh, or just after they cut the feed, you see this huge pyramid 
that they I guess that Sarah Jane doesn't want humans to see because like she said, like some secrets are best left exactly that. Did you assume that that was the ice warriors or something else on Mars? Oh gosh, I hadn't thought of it. I hadn't even really, no, that's a really good uh, idea. I hadn't even thought that far into it, to be honest. I, I, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even entertain that idea. But yeah, I like now you've said it. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think it, it could be. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Could be. Definitely. Why not? Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she, she definitely wouldn't want them discovering ice warriors, would she? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be disastrous. Yeah, no, I hadn't thought about that. Um, but I like the idea. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's lock that in. That's a good idea. There's or a whole actually, new story waiting to happen. Actually, yeah. Or could be could be Sutek. Ooh. Come on. Come oh, up in the game. Literally actually, the pyramids on Mars. <laughs> the pyramids you know on Mars. Yeah. I love the idea of Sarah Jane and the Ice Warriors. That that would have been amazing. That would have been Did that oh. ever happen? No, no it would have been amazing though. Yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good shout, uh, Gary. That is a good shout. I didn't even block that. Correct. That is a good shout. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and what did you think to uh, the opening? Because I thought the opening was quite cool. Oh yeah, actually, I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah. Hmm. We don't see any any regular characters. So Androvax has taken over uh, the body of um of a uh, like a teenage girl, and she's like legging through this old abandoned prison or mental home. It looks like and. Uh, that the name of the hospital rings a bell as well. Has that been mentioned in in Who Anywhere Else? Is it? I think it was called Saint Jude's. Jude's. Um... I'm probably going bonkers, but it just rang a bell. Anyway, it was cool that yeah, he had, she had. You just saw this girl like legging through this abandoned thing. She's trying to get into the vault, and as soon as she got that little pendant thing out with the green lights on, the little entry disc, you thought, oh yeah, something's afoot here. She's obviously alien or something like that. And then when she she sprains her ankle. She's running away, and Androvax comes out. You're like, ah, oh, cheeky, cheeky mm. Androvax. Yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned. It. I, that's one thing I've put on my notes. Actually, is that it was a great start to the episode. I think because of reading some of the reviews as well. As, as I said to you, I went into the thinking, right, let's get this on there. Let's see why, you know, what's wrong with this Sarah Jane episode because we haven't had a bad one yet. So why are people being down on this? Let's have a look. And it kicked off with that intro, and I thought, well, this is starts off great. So, you know, I, I did. I thought it was a really good start. Like, the pace of this episode pretty is, is the same pretty much all the way through. So sometimes, Sarah Jane, we get, like, a really action-packed part one. And then part two, it seems like they're struggling sometimes to sort of fill it. But, you know, it's, it's still good. This one, for me, the pacing was pretty much um, consistent for both parts. Like, it was very fast-paced. It was loads of action going on, lots of chasing, you know. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was a great start with that girl because you – you didn't know what was going on with it. Like, who is she? Uh, you assume she's, yeah, might be an alien or something, or she's trying to get into this vault. It was a intriguing start to the episode. When old Androvax makes an appearance, so I didn't expect that either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a cracking yeah. intro, actually. Really good way to start the episode. Good location as well. It looked really, I don't know, sort of run down. And, yeah, I, I thought that was a great sort of um, place to set the story and have the vault. What was it? That old hospital. It was an. I think it was an old asylum, wasn't it? It was asylum. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Look, cracking man. Like sometimes the um, the location scouts, they really they come up with some great places for um for who. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know where that where that place was though. I don't think it was. Th- I don't mm, could be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, it looked very cool. It did. Yeah, it did. Look, I mean, I don't know if it's actually run down or if it was made to look run mm. down, but it, it, it made for a good creepy setting, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. What do you think to old um, Geeta in this? Because <laughs> I can't decide about her because I find her funny, but but Min, Minia Anwar, sorry, I'm sorry to pronounce that really badly, she does go quite over the top. <laughs> but I don't know. I kind of like it as well. I just, I can't work out. Like, I do find her funny as... as Gita as, as Rani's mum, she, she she could tone it down just a notch, you know. Spacious, mm. my darling. Hello, my darling. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does get a bit OTT, but I do like her though. Yeah, she's she does. Have, I think what yeah. I think what it is is I because you get a kid's character, and I always think this is what a lot of actors get right is when they don't treat it as a kid's show, so they still act well. Right, right. Whereas some people come in and think, oh, I'm just doing the kids' show, so they really ham it up and act stupid because. It's just uh, in brackets, kids show. And I think she's sort of a bit in the middle with her performance. She's sort of playing it a bit silly, but she's also very likable. I don't know. But yeah, I just mm. wonder, because she does get quite a bit of screen time in this. What do you, what do you think of Gita? Yeah, she's, she is cool, Gita. I think she is, she is a cool character. I think sometimes, like you said, the, the, the actress, um, Mina Anwar, I think she just, she does ham it a little bit. Yeah, maybe she's, she's just obviously des- having fun. She is she's yeah. having a ball. Yeah. yeah, maybe she's just desperate to do more funny. I mean, um, anyone that's from that grew up in the sort of the I don't know late nineties, I think, would have seen her in a really funny program called The Thin Blue Line. Oh it's yeah, Rowan Atkinson, like a police comedy. I forgot she was in that. Yeah, she's pretty good in that. Actually, she's got some great lines in that. But I haven't seen well, her in any comedies since then so maybe she's just desperate to be like you know bring the comedy factor to some things and maybe yeah same blue line gosh yeah, yeah. grim oh detective grim we don't have time grim. for all this we... mucking about i won't use the word that he normally says what a show man. yeah oh that was funny yeah it's on yeah. amazon prime i i Is it? you know i binge watched all of it about three oh. and a half weeks ago so if anyone wants to see it it's a great british uh Comedy starring Rowan Atkinson with some Rowan brilliant Atkinson, characters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I must, I must watch a bit of that. It's yeah. funny. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I think the character of Geeta is, um, she, she's good, but yeah, maybe you're right, mate. I think maybe because she knew it was th- this show was targeted at a certain age group, she mm. likes to sort of ham it up a little bit. But I do like the interaction between her and uh, and Hubby Haresh, though. I think they yeah. have a good dynamic. He's very much like here we go again. Like a lot of episodes with them two in it, he's rolling his eyes a lot and here we go. And she's very just full of energy and she's full of beans. He just wants to get cracking. And so it's, she's, I, she's quite cool. I always do enjoy scenes of them together. I have to say, yeah, they do. They are, they do make a funny because they're very opposite. They, you know, they're, yeah, they are fun on screen together. Those two. She does get mm. some action in this one though. She does get a bit of, yes. a bit of legging around and a bit of, you know, because she's, Sorry. Yeah, she's been exposed to everything now, hasn't she? So she's seen Androvax before. She's seen the Jadoon. She knows what's going on because the men in black didn't do their job very well. They didn't come and wipe her memory from all of that stuff. So she's been exposed. She knows what it's all about, but she actually well, gets when, to do something. When the old mind warp stuff was cut, mind wipe stuff was coming, I thought, oh no, it's like another Donna moment, isn't it? I was thinking, here we go. Oh, yeah. She's going yeah. to be like, oh no, it's all gone. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I kind of felt for a bit when that happened. She just thinks she's been on the picnic. But yeah, I was like this. You know, oh, no, don't wipe her memory. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she thinks you've been on the picnic. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Bless her. Did, uh, did the uh, Sonic lipstick get overused in this? Because it was yes. a bit of a yep. 13th Doctor Sonic, 11th Doctor Sonic thing mm-hmm. of being used pretty much to do everything. Uh, that, that irritated me a bit. Um, because, yeah, it just did everything, didn't it, in this episode? I was getting, I was thinking bit of a Sonic syndrome going on here with that lipstick. She normally only uses it like once an episode. She's mm-hmm. being used left, right and centre in this. Yeah, she uses it about three times in a row quite quickly yeah. as well. So she opens like a couple of doors with it and then she does something else. And yeah, so it it it, it does get used as a bit of a crutch sometimes. It's like... Yeah, plot device, yeah. Yeah, plot device, exactly, yeah. So we need to do something. We need to get our characters from from A to B, but B's locked. It's like the obvious thing, isn't it? We just reach for the Sonic and and do that, I suppose. But but you're yeah, right. I mean, she normally only uses it once or twice throughout the whole two parts of a story. Normally, but in both parts, she 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 gets it out. You know, two or three times. I just hope that's not going to be a thing that's creeping in because it's to me it's been used just enough up to this point. But I don't want to see that being used mm. all the time because it, it it just I know it hurries the story along, but it also is quite just too easy, isn't it? Well, they've got no Luke now, so they've got to have something else in there. <laughs> yeah. Replaced True. by a bloody lipstick, eh? <laughs> yeah. Crikey. Yeah, not good. Uh, I haven't got anything else on my notes kind of story-wise, but just quickly, what did you think to the performances from... So the guy that played uh, Mr. Dread, like the lead android. Mr. Dread, what a great name. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned him earlier, uh, played by Angus Wright. He wasn't too too bad. He didn't really look... I think they could have cast that a little bit more somebody who looks a little bit more menacing, like a quietly menacing character. Cause he just looked like an estate agent or an accountant. Yes, sort did, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, he wasn't too bad though. Wasn't too bad. No, his performance is good because I mean, he is playing one of those typical dry sort of androids with no emotion. And, and it is easy to sort of um, play that a bit to sort of, you know, I am an android. But no, he was he was all right. I thought he wasn't too bad. But yeah, you are right. The sort of whole look of him was a bit generic and not particularly scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the best bit with those guys is right at the start with that girl in the asylum. That that, that They're quite menacing in that scene. The way they, they take the hand off and the gun and all that. I thought, this is good stuff. But that's oh, actually, probably what... <laughs> actually, did you like the Adams Family moment? The hand oh, yes, I did. running yeah. along the floor. <laughs> yeah. That was done surprisingly well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other two androids, they were just, you know, just expendable, expendable characters, really. Extras. Well, uh, what about the music in this? Because we do like the music in Sarah Jane, don't we? But this week, for me, very much like the episode itself, a bit, I've sort of heard all the themes before, found a little bit like they were just using bits from other episodes, didn't you know, like sometimes we've really liked the music of Sarah Jane and we think, oh, they've, you know, they've really fitted the music to what's on screen. And this one, to me, it was a bit like, right, um, we've got a chase sequence now. So where's that chase music? Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. You know, same bit of music. I was thinking, yeah, that didn't really do much for me, this episode of music. Yeah, same. A bit, uh, well, it's like you said, a bit generic, a bit filler. Yeah, Sam and Dan Watts doing the music this week. Nothing wrong with yeah. it, just not like... Some weeks we've said, oh, the music was awesome this week. It sounded, you know, 
almost quite Murray Gold sometimes and beautiful score this week. And um, but this this particular story, yeah, it just felt a little bit, yeah, yeah, just there, just, just what they needed, really. Mm. Yeah, nothing particularly wrong with it, just not memorable, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nothing wrong with the music, but just nothing stand out mm. at all. Yeah, yeah. and uh, what do you think to Daniel Anthony and Ajini Mahindra then as Clyde and Rani? Because they had two bits to do, didn't they? They're normal characters, and then their bits when they were overtaken or possessed by the by uh, Androvax. Yeah, I mean they're good. They're, they're they're consistent. Those guys, as I said, it's um, when you do possession, it is easy to overact possession, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, no, they are good. I'm, I'm glad you've just reminded me actually about those two because there is a scene where they somehow end up holding hands oh, accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just going somewhere. We've, we've got rid of Luke. We've got rid of the um, gooseberry. So, <laughs> ah, hold on. No, this does go somewhere, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah. Remember when we reviewed the story where we catch up with Rani when she's quite old and she's living at Bannerman Road by herself. Yes, I remember that, yeah. There was a there was an Easter egg or something in there, wasn't there, about there's a photo or something's mentioned about her husband and I think it's a photo. Uh and it's um it's a, a black guy with her and they've got kids and everyone's like, Oh, that's Clyde. Because oh, okay. like a grown up Clyde, like with Rani and stuff. So I think Oh, that's going to get the cogs turning now. I think that is a thing, mate. I think. I just wonder a... if we're going to see over the next few episodes those two maybe get together. I don't know, or is it? I I kind of want it to just be like a little unspoken thing, though, that we think that they might. I don't know if I need need to see them in a relationship, mm. though. But I'd, I'd like, yeah, it's quite a sweet moment. But but I don't know. I didn't really get it either, though. So he's talking about things happen that you realise them, but he's somehow just holding her hand. Like what? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, it's that's quite a cute moment though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has got the cogs turning, mate. I I, I seem to remember liking that episode with the her as the older woman in the attic, whoever it's called. Yeah. Anyway, Wait. I'll think about that over dinner or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and then Liz Laden, obviously, just as we've said, or pretty much every time. Very consistently great, but she's very good at playing the creepy, um, mm-hmm. the creepy possessed Sarah Jane. Like, really yeah, she, creepy. she's very strong. Uh, this lady, very strong, always just a great screen presence, isn't she? Yes, yeah, yep. yeah. I got nothing else, dude, on the old notes. No, nor have I. Right, it's me to go first, I think. It is, it is you to go first. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give this a 6.5. Oh, right, sweet. Uh, so am I. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I I did find it a bit difficult to score because um, I I know we've rated a, a lot of the Sarah Janes quite highly, have we? We have, um, mate. Yeah, generally six. pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think six point five. It's um, actually we uh, gave the gift a six point five, and you gave it a six. Other than that, we've reviewed them quite highly. Yeah. Yep. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was enjoyable, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it any higher than that. Yeah, that's fair enough, dude. Uh, cool, right. A 6.5 from me and Im. Uh, what did our awesome listeners think? We had a few audio clips in. First up, regular. This is the old regular from Down Under, Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, the Vault of Secrets. Well, it's good. I enjoy it. Don't really have much to say about it. Incidentally, Dreamland, the 10th Doctor Anime story featuring Georgia Tennant, voicing Cassie Rice, also has Mr. Dread and the Alliance of Shades androids in it. 
they go. Um, I give it 7 Alliance of Shades out of 10. Speaking of David, his podcast, David Tennant does a podcast with, from last week, features Perth raised musical comedian Tim Minchin being interviewed on it. Um, I happen to be a fan of, and also he's Perth raised and us Perth raised people have to stick together. Anyway, you should check it out. See ya. Thank you very much, Sammy. The David Tennant podcast is very cool. It is good, yeah. Yes. A couple of those to catch up on. Yeah, so a seven from Sammy. Didn't have much to say about it, though. No, I didn't realise the Dreamcast connection either until uh, this morning, which is pretty cool. I like that. Mm, I've not seen those in years, mate. No, no. nor have I. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you, Sammy. Moving on. Oh, Dream, this... <laughs> Dreamland, sorry, before someone shouted. Dreamland, not Dreamcast. They know what you mean. They know what I'm on about. Yeah. Uh, moving on, this is uh, Mr. Joe Turner. The Vault of Secrets was an episode in which you can see had a large budget for Sarah Jane Adventures. I love the idea of Men in Black keeping the human race away from alien life, giving us a really good explanation of all the alien talk in the 50s. There was a real gorgeous CGI shot of the spaceships and surrounding base, which were really unique and interesting. Some of it did look a little bit ropey, especially when they zoomed out to show the scale of our attic team compared to the CGI shot. But for the time, the money and the show, it looked good. There was a great explosion involving Clyde. Minty and Ocean were cracking me up throughout, especially in the cliffhanger to part one, when Minty's gadget is going haywire. Also, the details we got about one of the Jadoon prisons as to the universe of Who incredibly well. At times, the human was slightly forced, like Gita thinking her being chased with Ryan and Clyde by Antrovax was a dream, but some of it really landed, like Burps, the Eden Branch. The silent was a great location, being really eerie, complimenting the men in black, and the acting was good, and we got a nice ending for Antrovax. Overall, I give this episode a 6.5 out of 10. Thank you. 6.5. 6.5, same as us. Same That's as good. us, man. Yeah, some great points there, dude. Yeah, and it was great to see, like I mentioned in our, um, when we spoke about it a few minutes ago, it was great to see inside the vault where the androids were, all of that sort of UFO um, research that goes all the way back to the 50s. And I assume it kind of links back into like the Roswell stuff and all that jazz and so that was very cool yeah 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 it's a nice one joe 6.5 from joe and then lastly this is mr matt Steele. hello going out of matt Steele here again hope you guys are well having a good week so this week the vault of secrets i absolutely loved the throwback to the pyramids of mars it was there to pick up on if you knew but made absolutely no difference if you didn't Sarah Jane Adventures seems to do that so immensely well over the series, and every time it puts a smile on, on the faces of people that have seen the classic series. Rani gives a nice performance as Androvax. It's very reminiscent to the Skithra. I wonder if Burtz and Linda ever had like little convention meetups and discussed sightings. It's great to see the men in black in the flesh rather than just in dreamland, even if they are terrible at aiming. The CGI used for the vault looks really good and still sounds up pretty well today. I wonder if we would have seen Androvax again had the series not ended in Series 5. It's a great two-parter that often gets forgotten about under the weight of the next story, Death of the Doctor. I think I'll give this story 8 Adam's Family Hands out of 10. <laughs> Cheers, guys. I'll see you again. <laughs> an, eight, nice. an 8 from Matt. Do you know what? That got me pumped up, you know. When I watched the next time trailer at the end and we saw Matt Smith pop up and, oh. and all that lot, that looks like a belter. I am so looking forward to that one. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, now it looks good. So thank you very much, Matt. An eight from Matt. Liking that one. Yes. Indeedy. 
Uh, we didn't have anything on Facebook. We had a few tweets, though. So over on Twitter, TARDISNet66 says, I can't remember anything about it except Androvax turning good and the bloke in the sunglasses. <laughs> I have to say, though, Clyde looked pretty good in the old shades. Yeah, he does. He rocks the shades. Yeah. Uh, Chippy T, Cybermania 2020, says, A bit too much going on to be fully satisfying. Geeta was as mad as ever. Sarah Jane, very good, but too many plot strands. Weakest of the whole run for me. <gasps> a six out of ten. Oh, okay. Jordan Shortman, one of our re- writers and reviewers, says, perhaps one of the weakest stories from the series, Gita is brilliant and the acting from everyone is great, but it's a little strange, this one. Androvax is good, though it's nice he gets some development, though I'm not sure I liked The Men in Black. Okay, mm. but not great. Yeah. And lastly, Sarah Louise, a running Hoovian, says, I loved Sarah Jane's sabotage of NASA at the start, and I think she gave the most convincing performance when invaded by Androvax. I think the sonic lipstick was overused, though. Haresh played the long-suffering husband of Gita Well, and Ocean was great as the founder of Burps. Sarah also gives this a 6 out of 10. 6. Cheers, Sarah. Yeah, so thank you very much, guys, for sending in your audio reviews and sending your thoughts. Appreciate it, as always. Next week, bud, what we got? Next week is a bit of heart, boom. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, we go, hmm, yes, ship. <laughs> uh, we're going to be reviewing the sensor rights. Yeah, oh, six part. Yeah. Is it a six? Oh, gosh. Six part, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is it all there or is it half? Um, it's all there. Come on. So it's not, there's no animation. I don't think so. I haven't, I can't remember. I have watched it. God, it was ages ago. I think this one's intact, surprisingly. Well, that'd be nice. So I didn't realize it's six part. Cool. Yes, yeah, so sensorites. Yes, he's going Those way guys back. Those guys funny old goaty beards, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like the silver suits and the bald heads. Yeah, I think they've got like little wispy, wispy, wispy goatees. Yeah, wispy beard. Yeah. Yeah, this is going back though. Crikey, this is 1964, the old is Verity this, Lambert days. This uh, series one, I guess. Um, yeah, because it's um, oh, I do love this Tardis team. It's yeah, Susan, Barbara, and Ian. Oh, wonderful. Oh, yes, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. We love a bit of first Doctor. The seventh story. Seventh story. In Season Doctor one. Wow. So that'd be good. Sensor rights. And I think we're going to do there, bud, for 284. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with the show and listening for another week. It's been great to talk through a decent amount of merch, although no news, but that's okay. But the merch is rolling, so plenty of Time Lord Victoria stuff on the way. And I'd be really interested, actually, to hear your thoughts on how you are approaching this Time Lord Victoria stuff, because like myself and Adam... I'm hoping that we're not the only ones, that there's just not enough hours in the day to get through all this stuff in order at the time it's being released. So be really interested to find out how you guys are handling that stuff and if you're just going to stockpile it and get through it at your own leisure or if you're going to try and keep up. But nonetheless, some cool merch coming out for that stuff. Next week, as Adam said, we're on to the Sensorites, the first Doctor story. So get your DVDs out or your Britbox fired up and get that watched because we'll be asking for your thoughts as always. In the meantime, head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our shows over there. Plus, you can link off to the socials as well, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come and give us a like and a follow there. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week. 
And we also have a free Discord server where we also hang out and chat Doctor Who with lots of other like-minded Who fans. So there's a link uh, to that on the website. Come and get involved there. And if you uh, have checked out this show for the first time this week, thank you very much. Welcome. Uh, old-time listeners, the old Grizzled Ancients, welcome back. Welcome back once again. And we'd love to have you as a subscriber if you don't already subscribe to the show. So head over to whatever podcast app you listen to your podcasts on. Give us a sub. That way you won't miss a show when it lands every Friday. Also, check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. (laughs) It's only the Geek's Handbag. Oh, yeah. What a YouTube channel that is. One video a year. You can't go wrong. (laughs) No, no, there there will be new stuff. Yeah, go and have a look. Plenty of old, great videos to look at. Uh, he's not wrong there's loads and loads of really cool videos over there satisfy all of your geeky needs so go and check it out the geeks handbag over on youtube adam is on the socials too under the same name the geeks handbag so go and connect with us over there uh, with adam sorry as well to chat plenty of doctor who until next week my name's gary my name's adam and remember and